Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition podcast. This is Schnitzel and I will be doing a weekend warm-up podcast which is also uh, a podcast that involves the post-game show and I will obviously be covering Germany's bittersweet 4-2 victory over Costa Rica which doesn't really matter because they see themselves knocked out anyways because Japan managed to beat Spain with a 2-1 scoreline. That means that Japan qualified with 7 points in first place in their group. And Spain with, I think it is 4 points. Yes, they also qualify because of the massive goal difference. Uh, they have a massive advantage over Germany. Basically putting 7 goals past Costa Rica. 7 unanswered goals in the first match day. That sees them with a really high goal differential that Germany just couldn't you know, manage to keep up. And uh, before delving into the game, I just want to let you know that at the time of recording, it is 3am. And uh, any background noise that you can hear is mostly because of the sound from the fish tank or slash the aquarium that I have just right next to me. So I'm working on my study table at the moment and uh, I'm just as far away from my family as possible so that I don't disturb anyone at this time. So just bear with me, you know, it's just the fish. So just, you know, give it to us this once. And uh, well, just thought that combining the two podcasts would mean that you guys can get more content while also ensuring that the post-game pod gets done because as you all know bfw staffers never really miss our podcast we try and do our duty try and do our best for each and every podcast and we try and deliver the best content possible so thanks for listening and uh, let's just begin with the match itself i think it was a good resilient showing from germany you know first two goals came quite early and they were earned by Germany. I'm sorry, I meant the first goal, not the first two. Yeah, the Serge Gnabry goal was a nice header and uh, David Rahm's cross was pretty good. And I think Germany should have had more goals in the first half. They enjoyed a majority of the possession and created a lot of chances. But that being said, Costa Rica fought back admirably, scored two goals and... When they took the lead and when Japan was also leading, I was kind of excited because Spain and Germany would both get knocked out and Japan and Costa Rica, the underdogs, would advance. And I didn't quite hate that scenario as much as I hate what has currently transgressed and that is Spain and Japan qualifying. Now, I don't mind Spain and Germany both exiting because they're both the biggies in this group. They're both the bullies or at least the supposed ones. Uh, they were supposed to win or at least be top two in this group but that didn't happen and japan managed to top the group and it's an admirable showing japan absolutely deserves to qualify after their disciplined performances their defense has been excellent and the way they've taken their chances they get very few chances and they are so efficient in front of goal it's just that you know japanese efficiency it's just incredible so i'm happy that they qualified and I'm rooting for them. I honestly hope that they get the win against Croatia, who they'll be facing, I think, in the round of 16. And with Spain, well, that that game, it was just a miserable, miserable showing from Spain. Like, they were just passing along the back and they didn't have any real intent. Any chances they created were just fluffed super easily. So I'm just hoping that Croatia win this one because uh, in the Croatia-Belgium game, I definitely thought that Croatia deserved 
to win that game and i think croatia put up more of a fight throughout their group than spain did so i would really like croatia to advance so oh no what am i saying uh, I'm, i mean morocco yeah god it's just the uh, late night hours you know getting to my head i think morocco did really 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 well in their group you know winning that group excellent in all their games um it is sad that they beat canada but then at the same time like they have been fantastic and i think they would definitely deserve a victory against spain if they play in the same rich vein of form hakim ziyech has been having himself a tournament so i really hope that japan and morocco are the ones that qualify and not spain and croatia and uh coming back to the germany game well two really wonderful goals by kai havertz who has been pivotal and a goal from niklas fulkrug but then obviously it is a big punch to take because all of that was for nothing germany scored some really nice goals and showed a lot of grit and determination and honestly just you know helped spain qualify because had germany not won this game i mean had the score remained 2-1 to costa rica towards the end of the game spain would have also been knocked out because that would have left costa rica with 6 points and japan with 7 so spain and germany would both have been knocked out uh, germany did a really big favor for spain here which you know they would be really good to remember and uh, that being said i honestly believe that you know this is both a mix of complacency from spain's side uh, from germany's side germany has been very very complacent in recent tournaments and this has been a recurring issue it's always that foreboding you know that sense of oh we've scored a goal and we should be able to win this quite easily it's like a walk in the park against pretty much any opposition and it always seems to bite them in the back and they haven't learned from that attitude they haven't improved yet there were some players who showed the intensity the fight that we wanted throughout the game and that included Joshua Kimmich Jamal Musiala who was fantastic Lirza needed to try but didn't quite get into the groove as he usually does i think Serge Gnabry was actually excellent in this game and not up front i think he was really 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 good in the defensive side of things he always pressed he made sure to gain back the possession once he lo- lost the ball and his tackles were really really excellent he put in a very good defensive shift from you know the wing position so that was impressive and it just bodes well for bayern that all the wingers you know that bayern has including kings de coma for france are doing so well defensively as well because that's what bayern wingers are they are complete and you know they try to both bombard forward and press as much as they can as well as defend uh defend resolutely and try and regain possession once it is lost so yeah bittersweet moment really and uh, i think a lot of players came clutch in a lot of moments noyer was fantastic for example made some really brilliant saves and i think the rest of the bayern backline sorry germany backline my my bad and I'm yawning at this point yeah uh Germany backline was pretty solid I think uh Rudiger had some blushes in the first half and he didn't look quite comfortable in the second half some very shoddy defending led to the goals honestly both defenders were at fault and I think David Raum was also not 
exactly comfortable in that left back sorry yeah in the left back position and uh, the midfield well i don't know it's just it's not even about this game i think throughout this tournament some of the decisions that the coach has made have baffled me to a massive massive extent and i think part of the blame for spain's uh, for germany's exit is definitely on hansi flick like hansi flick has to take a significant chunk of the blame because the first two games well they are games that germany simply could have done better in especially the one against japan i know that japan did excellently and uh, germany were definitely naive complacent for large periods of the game they did get a goal early lead and they managed to just give that away but that being said hansi flick's lineups why on earth would you have thomas miller as a lone number 9 that goes against every principle he used to follow at bayern and you know in germany in general he's just probably trying to mix things up in the world cup and that is just a very very stupid thing to do you wouldn't want to take risks tinker around on the big stage why not have an appro- have a proven forward like niklas fulkrug up front and thomas miller kai havertz and yorizani or you know jamal muziala any combination of those players behind the forward and honestly miller hasn't even had that good of a tournament he was actually very poor in my opinion you know per usual standards he is usually the difference maker for both bayern and germany and in this world cup he just looked like you know a ghost version of his former self and it is true that players age and that we have to come to terms with that thomas miller will retire one day as have so many bayern legends before and as will a ton of bayern players after but flick has just misused players and there's no two ways about it thomas miller should not have started as a lone number 9 incorrect decision in my opinion even ganabri would have done a better job as a lone 9 jamal muziala has been brilliant one player who can actually hold his head up throughout tournament of course his finishing has been kind of poor and left quite a lot you know to be desired but other than that like the way he runs past defenses and you know puts them on the barbecue just grills them you know his fleet footedness the the way he he displays his close control and his maturity in his passing it's just beyond way beyond anyone of his age like any player of his age Don't think, I don't think even Prime Messi uh, probably at the age of 19 like you know did something like this on a regular basis it's just incredible to watch day in day out and I think he's a very special player and a future Ballon d'Or winner in the making But that being said the rest of you know the lineup should have picked itself I don't think Gundogan should have started the game against Japan in retrospect Yes, he did score that penalty, but other than that, he didn't do much else. And after Goretzka came, we saw the dynamism that we missed so so dearly in that game. I think Flick should have just gone with the dual pivot. I mean, if the four-two-three-one is working, why keep tinkering with it? Kimmich and Goretzka would have been fantastic against Japan because Japan employed a very very disciplined defensive setup, and Goretzka could have been key to unlocking that defense. Fulkrug was really really missed up front because. his presence would have enabled the wingers to have you know someone up front to target because kai havertz really wasn't that target man in that first game and thomas miller just wasn't doing well as a number 9 a lot of these de- decisions just baffle me and i think 
I really think Flick has to take a lot of the blame on this one. Like, you cannot be that brain dead. So, so many bad decisions. And his substitutions were also appalling in the Japan game. Like, he brought in Mario Goetze and Fulkrug and took out Muziala and Thomas Müller. Like, he took out most of the creativity from the team and sent in strikers. Like, so let me get this straight. The, the first half, you play a bunch of creative midfielders and attacking midfielders and you have no target man up front. And in the second half, you take all of the creativity from the attack and put in forwards. Like, what on earth is the purpose of that? Like, what are you trying to achieve? You have so many players up front, but who is going to feed them with the balls? It's really, really, really stupid and I have no idea why these decisions were made. And I really hope that Flick has learned something from this because I don't think the DFP is going to sack him. Obviously, like, I think it would take more than one disastrous tournament for sacking Flick. That being said, it's, like, appalling to see a squad with such amazing, talented youngsters, such amazing players go out in successive World Cups in the group stages. It's downright embarrassing, I'm pretty sure, for Germany fans as well. And, uh, yeah, it's just Germany deserved to go out because the decision-making was bad and the complacency both just combined to, you know, give you this. And uh, Hansi Flick definitely has to do better. You cannot make such brain-dead decisions and expect to win games. Uh, just the entire lineup, it just threw me off a lot. And in the second game, you know, bringing in Thilo Kera. In the first half, that was a very, very, very bad mistake. And Thomas Müller still played as a number nine against Spain. Again, very, very poor decision-making. I think you get the idea about Hansi Flick. And he played a three-man midfield with Gundogan, Mimish, and Goretzka. Like, why? Why would you do that? Gundogan has not been having a good tournament at all. He has been invisible in most games. Not really influential, just sideways passer who occasionally passes to the defense wow i mean who would not be able to do that i don't know but like yeah just a very average bang average player throughout the tournament very poor in some instances just shouldn't have played in the starting 11 and the game against spain could have actually been won if not for such terrible decision making and it's good that flick had some sense in him to bring in phil krug and Zane in the second half because had that not happened Spain probably would have won against Germany you know as sad as that sounds they wouldn't have even gotten the one point that they had before the Costa Rica game so you know things would have been even more desperate even more desolate but at least they come off from this tournament with four points out of the possible nine in the group stages and yes they could have done better but yeah, this is what happens when you expect a lot and then you're just let down by some stupid coaching decisions as well as player complacency, which Spain, which Germany, sorry, really needs to sort out. And Spain also, for that matter, you know, uh, mouth slip, but still it is true. Spain were super complacent against Japan. And uh, I think their way of playing is just very slow after the initial start, like which is super exciting to watch. So they need to work on that because if they, you know, lose concentration and focus and they keep, you know, trying to pass from the back all the time, like in this weird distorted U shape, 
it just won't work against discipline blocks and morocco is looking very exciting so i think if they give even the slightest of chances to that attack they would be punished severely for it and i think the same applies to morocco's d- defense as well it's very very solid and this is a team that managed to beat belgium 1-0 and also maintain the clean sheet against the same and managed to draw croatia 0-0 and didn't allow croatia to score against them so really strong team and i think uh, spain would do you know well to keep that in mind yeah so i guess that is it for these two groups in the group stages i think the rest of the groups they're also very interesting the results so far so tomorrow's group of fixtures will also be interesting as for you know bayern fans and you know the bayern player teams i think netherlands and delict are in pole position to qualify past the knockout i think i predict them to beat the usa however they have been uncomfortable in many situations throughout the world cup and i think it'll be a tricky one this but netherlands have to beat the usa i think that's what's going to happen and uh, france with kingsley Comor, upamecano baba and the injured hernandez obviously i think they are favorites to beat poland nobody's going to dis- dispute this and uh, i think they will beat poland as well I don't think uh, Robert Lewandowski, as sad as it sounds, stands a chance. It is his, uh, you know, probably first World Cup round of 16 ever. And he did score his first goal in the group stage. is pretty impressive. But I don't think he will progress much further. He may be able to grab a goal against France, but that is it. I think France qualify quite easily. And I think England beats Senegal, despite Senegal having so much quality. Although that game is going to be quite exciting. I'm rooting for Senegal though and uh, Australia is done for against Argentina. Croatia and Japan is going to be such an amazing fixture. I think I'm definitely rooting for Japan and I really want Japan to go all the way actually after seeing what they have and the sheer might of that squad, the grit, the determination, the heart that they put into the game and the affection from the fans. I just love that fan base and I've always loved Japan as a country. You know, I've even considered moving there in the future so i really hope that that happens i mean both japan winning and me going there you know it's it's it's, it's like a two-in-one thing and uh japan they can qualify against croatia and i believe they will something tells me that they will and uh speaking of maybe the other fixtures i think uh the ones that are to be played tomorrow serbia switzerland cameroon brazil South Korea, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay. I think Portugal beats South Korea and qualifies. And uh, Uruguay, I think Ghana beats Uruguay, you know, because revenge is to be served on a, you know, cold platter. And I also believe that Ghana, if they get a draw against Uruguay, that's enough for them to qualify and, you know, put Uruguay in the mud. So Ghana could probably still draw against Uruguay and that would be revenge enough. And uh, in the other group, I think Switzerland beats Serbia or at least draws with them and qualifies. And Brazil, obviously, overwhelming favorites for winning everything. I think they qualify as well. This one should be quite straightforward. And, uh, well, I expect Brazil to go far in this tournament because they have looked so good, so disciplined. Their attack has looked fantastic and their defense has looked rock solid. So I think, you know, 
Brazil might go pretty deep in the tournament and so might Portugal if they manage to keep things tight in defense which they haven't been but then again you never know like some of their players just turn up during the big games and they obviously have Ronaldo who is such a good penalty scorer so yeah just comes there to get a penalty or two and save the team and I guess the rest of the team is also pretty good some really really top players in there so this is going to be a very very nice bunch of knockouts and it's a shame that Germany hasn't made it but that's how it is you know you get punished if you're complacent you get punished if your decision making is poor and as a coach you get punished if you just do not use the players you have to the best of their abilities to the best of your abilities if you don't put your mind into it and you know make the best decisions for the team like some of them are just baffling to say the least and we did give Yogi Löw a lot of flack for his decisions so it is only right that Hansi Flick also gets marauded with questions and you know with criticisms for what he's done in this World Cup because he definitely could have done better with the squad that he has at his disposal. I think that in Germany's group, Germany's squad is the most talented one and you can fight me on this. I will die on this hill. I think Jamal Muziala is a one-of-a-kind player. Leroy Zani is one of the world's best wingers. And Serge Gnabry has so much potential. He's just, you know, has the ability to change games, turn them on their head. Fulkrug could have been such a solid striker had he started all the other games. But we just missed that presence up front. Kai Havertz, I don't think he was used properly. I don't know what it was. Like, against Japan, he just didn't look... Like he fit in the same position. And uh, obviously Thomas Miller as a number 9 never works. We know that really well. Gundogan shouldn't have been, been on the pitch. And he should have been subbed out at least in the second half. Like early in the second half. You know, seeing that he didn't have much of an impact. And I think the same could be said about some of the defensive players as well. I don't even know why this lineup was what it was. And I sincerely believe that both... Flick and the German national team need to look themselves in the mirror and maybe rethink everything that has been going on. And, uh, well, about the rest of the World Cup, like I told you, I think, I really hope Japan can pull this off, but, like, it's all up for grabs and uh, Brazil and France look like the favourites. England is amazing and with all due respect, they have some quality quality players on attack but I also think that their defense makes them highly vulnerable to any sort of attacks and uh, it's it's basically like butter paper it's like other teams with half efficient and half decent attacks can definitely put two three goals past this English defense so yeah it's like a double-edged sword so not sure I would call them favorites but they definitely 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 are one team to watch and I think they have a good chance of winning the World Cup and I have a soft spot for one English player Jude Bellingham because he is just 19 and just a phenomenal phenomenal player one of the world's best midfielders so yeah so exciting to watch him mature so well he's a Dortmund player obviously I really hope that I know he will leave Dortmund because that's what they do they get players and they sell them it's like a massive business enterprise that's what it is just like the other clubs but to a greater extent because Dortmund only do that they get players on the low and uh, develop them and make them world beaters and then sell them off to some club 
And I think they deserve at least 150 million for Bellingham. And I hope they get that money because you have to pay up if you want one of the world's best midfielders. And uh, yeah, just, I don't know. Overall, Spain has really disappointed me. I really hope that they lose. Frankly, this, this is not as much hatred as it is just massive disappointment. And I don't think they deserve to progress after how poorly they've just played. And uh, since this is also a weekend warm-up, I need to warm you up for the week. And uh, I have read some of Chuck's earlier posts and also listened to his podcasts. And uh, he usually does this thing where he discusses some TV and some music and whatnot. And I also did some background research and tried to be a little interesting. I think it is my duty, uh, since I'm also doing the weekend warm-up, to maybe give you some glimpses into my own tastes and what I think is a decent watch decent recommendation so let's start with the movies aspect first so i've been watching quite a lot of movies lately because i've uh, gotten a little more time for recreation and you know entertainment and uh, recently i saw this movie on netflix it's called hustle and it stars uh, adam sandler a really really fantastic movie and i think everyone should watch it it's basically okay i'm not gonna give any spoilers it's uh after so, so this is just Adam Sandler's uh, basketball scout in this. So he discovers a player and basically... So Adam Sandler in the movie is Stanley Sugarman. And he discovers a player, uh, a, a player who's like highly talented in his opinion. And he tries to bring him, you know, back without the team's approval to try and, you know, make him the player he could be. So it's... That's a synopsis, and I think everyone should watch it because it's a really, really fun watch. It's a good watch. It has a lot of emotions, and it's packed with some fantastic performances. So I really enjoyed it. I think you probably would too. And uh, talking about series and you know good TV, I am currently in the process of completing uh, the series called The Peripheral, which is available on amazon i believe and uh, it is a fantastic series in terms of the cgi and the graphics involved it's just unbelievable and i think the plot is quite good i think it's it's quite futuristic and i'm i cannot you know delve into the plot much further without actually giving spoilers away so i'll just say that you know it is a good shout it is a, a show worth watching and i think if you're bored and if you need some sci-fi to tickle you then you should probably check it out because it, it, it's actually pretty decent and uh yeah i guess uh that's it for the series recommendations there was also this other series that i started watching actually and uh it it's um, chiwetel ejiofor it was it started him uh yeah i think it's it's a good series as well i think it's it's a good watch and i uh, it was called wait just give me a moment uh yeah the man who fell to earth really really good series it's it's sci-fi alien based so definitely check it out i will not delve too much into what i think about these series because i would like you guys to watch it but of course i can give you feedback you know if this weekend warm becomes a regular fixture if I can convince Chuck that maybe I should also alternate with him because it does get boring, you know, when it's a niche audience, some, some people listening to Chuck, if you're like older, maybe you can, I don't know, uh, 
relate with his perspectives more I'll, I'll probably cater to less older audiences i'm not sure but okay the next stage which is basically the music i would like to turn things uh, around just you know do something a little different so i listen to a lot of different genres of music i have a huge diverse varied taste in music i listen to a lot of different things and uh Tonight, actually, I was studying and I was working on an assignment, a project, essentially. And uh, for all of y'all who would like some decent news, it's, it's actually a pretty good piece of news. I will be uh, relocating to Germany shortly in uh, less than a month. And I will be moving to Dortmund, basically, because I got uh, a research post there. So I'll be working as a scientist or rather a research assistant for a while. So, yeah. That is pretty exciting, and I think that, uh, yeah, I would probably be able to watch quite a few Bundesliga games and hopefully give you even better coverage once I'm there. So there's a lot of preparation for that going on, and I have a bunch of other things that I'm doing. So sometimes when I need to focus on things, I'd like to listen to classical music, and I mean like, you know, Mozart, Bach, Tchaikovsky, Chopin, uh, and a bunch of other artists of that generation that you know even even from older than that and it's just fantastic you know it just helps me focus i love the music the climax it's just a really really different experience and i would recommend you know people who would like to focus or do something without you know actually paying too much attention to the lyrics to actually give classical music a try it's a different world in itself and today I was uh, so one of the pieces I was listening to is called Rondo Alla Turka by Mozart. It's also known as the Turkish Ma- March, and it is part of the piano a uh, piano sonata number eleven in A major. So definitely check that one out. It's called the Turkish March or the Rondo Alla Turka by uh, Mozart. And I'm pretty sure everyone knows Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. If you don't, he's just one of the most brilliant music composers of all time. I think that wraps up the weekend warm-up. I really hope that I've done a good job deputizing for Chuck and the rest of the guys who are very busy at the moment with whatever. I mean, I am supposed to be sleeping at 3.30 a.m. I don't know what is keeping those guys away from BFW duty. It's it's always been BFW first and everything else later, which is why I'm sacrificing my sleep schedule and everything else, my, my health, in fact, to do this job for you guys so thank you so much for the love and the support and i hope you can keep it coming and uh hope you enjoyed the podcast and hope you you know enjoyed staying up for so long i mean till uh you know i think this podcast is going to be almost 32 minutes 33 minutes long so yeah anyways thank you for listening to me for this long i did sound pretty sleepy throughout but that is because i need some rest asap which i will be getting shortly so yeah thank you for listening feel free to like share rate and uh, subscribe to our podcast on whichever podcasting platform you use be it apple podcast spotify podcasts or whatever like soundcloud i don't even know how many are there and uh, if you have any new ones that i should know about maybe write those or share those in the comments i think there's megaphone as well and a bunch of others and uh, be sure to also check out our articles on Bavarian Football Works where we will give you comprehensive coverage of the World Cup and the Bundesliga and the Champions League when the regular season resumes.
and feel free to comment on the articles as well we love your feedback and we love your support keep it coming thank you so much for listening once again and until next time vielen dank und auf wiedersehen